All the rich white folk are going to argue And then whoever's best is going to win a kiss from daddy All the rich white folk are going to argue And then whoever's best is going to win a kiss from daddy Hello, we bought a mic, we bought a mic, 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 mic. I could have sworn that the song was over. Man, I, uh, I, phew, you really caught us by surprise on that one. I was like, man, the quality sounds like shit on this song, and then I... I We'd like to thank Demi for uh, being a guest on that. Demi, uh, I think your bio. Thanks for coming in. Uh, welcome to We Bottom Mike, a pop culture podcast where every week we talk um, uh, White HBO privilege. families in power with lots of money mm-hmm. on yachts. Mm-hmm. Yuck. Uh, a fun mix of uh, banter and careful critical analysis. I'm Ernest. I am just coming back off of rehab, Hunter Mobley. And... I could just tell. Icelandic ice bath. <laughs> yeah. For like half a day, and then I'm just thrust back into it. Mm-hmm. So this week, the plan was to review Jojo Rabbit, but hey, guess what? Nazi still has a stronghold in Florida, so they're not allowing that to be showed until the censors get a hands on it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so not going to be reviewing that one right now, but... We do have plenty of TV to talk about, and this is one of the best shows on TV right now. And it just wrapped up its second season, its succession. And we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna get into it. We're gonna get into it. We're gonna talk about it. as many of these characters and episodes as we possibly can. I don't know I don't remember how much we talked about season one. I, I remember we did an episode with Harry that was it was like succession, Bojack american vandal yeah we kind of we split it up a little bit and this show demands more than just being a third of our conversation um so we're back for season two before we get into any specifics we can kind of talk about um overall how the season was um it's it's fine it's whatever oh it's fucking no this great. is the greatest <laughs> show on television for the time that it was on tv yeah this I, this I, show it it i loved season one season one was in i think it was like my number three or four of the year last year and this is better than season one just about well, last year way. it was crazy because it kind of like it was a, it was like a slow build and then a quick ramp up mm-hmm. whereas like the first four or so episodes we were like, yeah, it's solid, you know, it's it's mm. it's good, and then like right around the halfway point of the, of the season, when the vote of no confidence happens, it's like, oh wait, oh shit, yeah, the show, the show just <laughs> just jumped up to a whole nother level, mm-hmm. and then from there until the end of season one, it was like must watch TV. Yeah, and it is, uh, it's more than promising that when a show takes a leap this large in its second season because that's the make or break season really it's it's like anything like any even sports you know there's a sophomore slump or you can become a true star and this show became it jumped it was already in almost the highest tier but it jumped like two tiers into the highest tier i would call this the best show on tv right now like uh unabashedly like i I love i love what they did everything that they did this year i was completely on board with when season one there were a few things that I was kind of, you know, I could do with or without. Just minor things, but that's what separates the best of the best. And this show, to me, has become the best of the best. I feel like it, they make it look so effortless. You know, balancing the, the drama with the comedy and just this massive ensemble of characters. Yeah, and, and they're also, all so different. And geographically moving them around so much. Yeah, yeah dude, they're, shout out to this man. I would love, I would love to just be a guest star on this show and then just pop in and be like, oh, sweet, we're going to Greece this yeah. <laughs> for this we're episode? Doing, cool. We're doing one up on a super yacht. Are yeah. you in? <laughs> I, no, I mean, and that's one thing that you guys touched on that I think that really separates this season from last season, where there are are some moments but season two i was really watching it for the drama itself i mean this show is like one of the funniest shows on tv probably some of the best zingers that i've ever heard on anything tv or movie um but i really was 
so invested in the story and in these characters are in. And because this is a show where there can be weeks, months separating episode to episode, it leaves you to wonder what happens in between the episodes that you aren't even seeing on TV, which really wraps up with how the show ends, how this uh, season ends, really leaves you to kind of wonder like, huh, okay, so where were these pieces moving the whole time that they were out of sight? Yeah, it would almost, I would almost want to rewatch this whole season if I had the time. Like, it, it, it lends itself to rewatching in a million ways because it's, very very meticulously planned but also like we said it has the balance where there's very, there's a very casual feel to the comedy for example the way lines are delivered uh it, it's perfect i mean what could what would you do what would you change like it's incredible. i don't know man they they to me this season it didn't have a holy shit moment quite like the first season with that vote of no confidence just because it, it i didn't know what kind of show it was but now, like, this season, it was, like, every single episode yeah. was at that it, level. It reminded me a lot of Breaking Bad or, like, season three, like, the best seasons of The Sopranos where every ep, there is a moment. Every yeah. single ep, you can tra- you can name a moment and be like, oh, yeah, ep four. Like, it, it's a lot like that. Yeah, I mean, there's – I think that this season really – this is the season – I mean, I'm sure this mo- this show is just going to – destroy at the Emmys next year. I hope so. Because I think, especially with Jeremy Strong winning for season one, I think that that was, this is the season where we just kind of bring it in and we're like, okay, this is the new Mad Men. This is new Sopranos where this is the best thing on TV. This is the A-plus list tier of television. It's must-watch viewing every time. Like, Every Sunday night, I watch this show. I never did that with television. I don't do that with TV anymore, but I was like, okay, Sunday or like Monday afternoon, as soon as I get a chance, I'm watching this show, like Someone's as soon got as possible. HBO now, huh? Mm. Mm, this fucking guy. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, <laughs> not HBO I mean, Max. We, do we want to just go through everything? Like, how did you guys talk about any episodes in detail, or did I completely We stop touched you? in certain points. Like, Early we talked on. about Bore on the Floor. Yeah. Um, that's the Whoa, first the, the first big moment of the season. That's episode I, three. Um, yeah. Here's here's a take that I will say right now. The funniest moment in the entire show is Tom uh, trying to nonchalantly squeal like a pig in that. <laughs> when he he's like he's like rolling his he's like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna I'm not, I'm not gonna do it I'm not gonna do it like that is the funniest thing I've ever seen in my whole it's life. So good. That man is so goddamn good at acting because also yeah. his drama is top notch like. Where'd they get this fucker yeah, from? Yeah, Matthew so this, McFadden. This is oof, this is a good place to start. Let's just go through the cast. And and Matthew McFadden is God, it's so hard to pick like an MVP with such a strong cast. But part of me thinks that this guy is the MVP because we, yeah. because he he will go from like slapstick comedy with Greg to like really heartbreaking tragedy with Shiv. Same guy, same character, with no uh, feeling of whiplash of you being no. like shaken by these two sides of this guy. Yeah. It's like he, and that's kind of the character, right? Where he is, he is very malleable. Mm-hmm. He changes himself depending on the people he's with. Yeah, he's. I mean, and that's a definitely a type of person, of right? Course. Especially in this world, someone that and is, this type of guy who is not really a yeah. family by blood yeah and yeah someone that is at the same time a bully and a lapdog yes like that's that's his character and he he nails it perfectly in general the the synergy of the cast every cast member knows the show like every there's the a communication between cast crew producers writers directors is unparalleled in my opinion that is what makes a great show when everyone's on the same page about what show it's in so you don't wind up with like what's his name uh benicio del toro coming in doing some <laughs> wild shit and you're like well, well that was yeah, weird, yeah but yeah. everyone else is doing the same type of deal yeah you know th- everyone is on the same page here we should go character by character because that's the best way to examine arcs because they're separate but intertwined in an interesting way you know yeah i mean we could talk about specific plot points too you yeah. know I mean, I, that'll come through yeah characters because this is a show about characters yeah really. i mean well i mean I, the best revelation of season two was just having brian cox logan roy just being at a hundred percent which we don't see in season one we see it very briefly but he has like a heart attack or something and he's kind of just out of commission yeah. for half of season one and seeing 
Brian Cox just on full display. He was the MVP, at least for the first half of this season, of just as soon as he walks into a room, you could feel his presence immediately. Well, yeah, I mean, he has – think about who this guy is. He is not a guy who, in his position, is ever doubting that he will not get what he wants. He, he doesn't even want – he just takes, you know, this is this is the type of power we're dealing with. And he exudes it. Just this man commands the fucking screen. Yeah, pure evil. His voice is incredible. Really, I'm kind of surprised he didn't have more of a flourishing career because uh, he's very old. I'm sure he's done a lot oh, of no, stuff. He's done a lot, but he's never yeah. been a name at right. any point in his career. And he hey, man, he sure is now. He was in the X-Men movies. Braveheart. Yeah. Oh, okay. Adaptation. Yeah. He pl- he's the one that played Robert McKee. Yeah. The oh, teacher. that's him. Yeah, and oh he's he's God. very funny. no. He but that's what he is. Is his career is just he's kind of been a little bit of a that guy that just yeah. kind of pops up and things. And this is no. This is his role. This is a signature role. Yeah. Like this is on the first line of the obituary kind of a role right here that he has. Yeah, because he's also maybe the only character that is not experiencing an arc. Well, he, no, he is rock steady. Well, he is pure evil. And I mean, I without jumping ahead uh, to the season finale or anything like that, I will just say that his subtlety in his acting is you feel the same way as all the children do, where you don't know what the hell he wants at any given time. Because he wants what he wants, and if you want something from him, you have to pretty much give him what he wants and then like shoehorn in your own personal agenda. Because mm-hmm. he is such this stern, uh, classic man who actually, he's the only person who like earned the wealth that he has accumulated. And so that makes him have this very stern um hardened attitude towards the rest of the world yeah because if you are all a the billionaire, you have to be a sociopath basically yeah. like you you don't get that money by doing good things well the the whole dynamic between the family too is just it's sickening but also fascinating oh yeah and it's I mean, it's just well written. Like every interaction between these people tracks, even though it changes mercurially. With at any given moment, their relationship may be in a completely different place. One thing I loved about this season is, I guess it happened in season one as well. But uh, these characters all have motives, and we know them. They are motive-based characters, which is great. But they don't always act just based on their one motive, because that's fucking boring. That's boring to watch. Because Shiv, for example, in season two, wants to run Waystar. Uh, so you would think if she really wanted that, she would act like Kendall is and be the lapdog to her dad because he's the one that's going to give it to her. She does not act like that, though. She is actively disagreeing. She is speaking her mind because that's what her character is. All of these characters, despite wanting things, are themselves. And that is the definition of layered writing, in my opinion. Like mm-hmm. that, that gives the show like 10 different angles you can chew on you know what i mean and i mean you brought up kendall i mean he the way he the reason why he is like that is because spoilers for season one but you're listening to this but he's responsible for for indirect yeah manslaughter and 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 uh, his father is basically using that to blackmail him into being his lapdog do you want? I mean, do you all want to get into Kendall's arc now, or you want to skip over him and talk about the other children? First? Let's let's just go into Kendall. I mean, okay. his arc is perfect writing. Like, I really think that they, they, of course, I mean, Jeremy Strong is an incredible actor, but the way that they write him, especially how we see him and how he's introduced over the first couple episodes, he is this sad, disheveled puppy dog of a human being. He is a shell of his former self, and. It's all the way up into safe room, the like right at the middle point of this season where we finally have the first real moment of emotional connection, probably in the entire series between two siblings, except for maybe a little bit uh, in that moment with the three of them whenever they're like hiding down at a uh, Shiv's wedding in season one. Yeah. Um, But this one moment where it's just it's all in the subtlety where it's just Jeremy Strong or just Kendall looking at Shiv and just being like, it's not me. I'm not going to be, be it's not going to be me. And we don't know because it just cuts to black after that. We don't know how much Shiv knows about what he did, what he's responsible for. This in particular created a whole thread of, of 
uh, theorizing that uh, Chris Ryan championed a lot of the ringer. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure how much weight it holds because he kept no. he kept going back to the well of of Shiv and Kendall having a whole plan that we don't see that uh, he he kept talking about like all the things that we don't see in between episodes and that there must be some sort of agenda that Kendall and Shiv are planning that we're not seeing. I, I'm not, but there is part, there is part of that though, because think about uh, in episode in the Dundee episode where Holly Hunter is kind of starting to do her own little thing here. And Shiv calls Kendall and is like, Hey, we need to, move the plan forward quickly yes like where they do have something going but on they that also we don't played see. that in one of the ep recaps which yeah. I, that that's what i found the most interesting i don't know if they, chris ryan said that but they only play moments in the ep recaps that really matter right like i mean i could see it uh playing some sort of role in the third season but as it stands now with what we see here i don't think that in particular holds any weight what i see is just siblings being siblings and yeah they treat each other a little rough because their family relationship is a bit fucked but they're seeing a outside threat coming in to manipulate their father and they're just looking out for the family Mm -hmm. i don't see that as like a a grand master plan sort of deal i mean i I do think that you are probably right with the sibling thing, but the thing is that we see such little of that in this show of actually sibling camaraderie that it does make you put a little bit more weight into it whenever you do see a moment of genuine connection because that's not how these siblings ever connect with each other. Like, I just speaking of somebody like uh, Kieran Culkin with him, the only moment of vulnerability that we ever see in him in the show is in the season finale after he's been a hostage and he's just like, can we just like talk like real people for a second? Like where he is actually shook and is trying to find some kind of sense of human connection. Dude. That's why I think that makes it more important when you ever, whenever you do get those little moments. That That is the one episode I've watched twice of the whole season. The finale or DC? No, the one, the the DC. Yeah, Yeah, the one, yeah, the one that's the the trial slash the turkey uh, kidnapping ordeal. Uh, That, my God, that episode. I mean, like I I said earlier, every episode here is is exceptional. But I was just so wowed by that episode uh, because not only is it like flawless on every level, but the scenes with... uh, with the uh, the Congress uh, hearing, they give me this this eerie, icky feeling where you get the sense that they're not trying to to put together a completely hundred percent accurate portrayal of what that must be like to actually be there. It's it's heightened enough, mm-hmm. but it, it kind of has to be. Because it's just the type of show that it is, yeah, this and is it's a so show. and it's so effective. Like there's that shot where they're sitting down at the little podium, and you see the shot of all of those photographers, like twenty photographers, like snapping photos in front of them, and it's so unsettling. And it just it really taps into that whole idea of like what it must be like to live how these people live, and and to to be trapped in this sickness of wealth like that's the the most insane thing about this show is that it is fun to be on yachts and go on hunting trips and and be rich and flaunt the wealth but uh what this is showing us is that this is a sickness yeah and this is a, a trap I and said it's that not season one too. remember it's it's just cancer and it's not like we're meant to feel sorry for them no. it's not that kind of story either but it's what you're getting at i think is that like we see these characters fall on their face so many times i mean th- like one of the major plot threads of this season was by trying to buy pierce which ends up they don't even succeed in that. But we spend like a multi episode arc of watching them. Shout out to um uh Sherry Jones, President Ale- Allison great. Taylor from, from uh, uh from twenty four. Also from Transparent. 
Yeah, yeah, transparent. She's in Nosedive, the Black Mirror episode. She's a truck driver. But I like Great that. Actress. I that's. I mean, I think that my favorite episode this season. It's F5. close, but at five. That's easily it's, my favorite. Dude. It is. It might be my Unreal. favorite episode of the show in general. Just Turnhaven. Turnhaven. The dinner scene that we God have there damn. is the most tense, uncomfortable <laughs> thing that I've ever seen in my life. And that's the moment that we get where Shiv kind of falls from grace a little bit. Like, the first half of the season was really Shiv was fucking owning it. Like, it really felt like this was going to be Shiv's season. She But there was a lot of friction line. leading up to that. There was friction leading up to it, but that is the moment where it's just like everything stopped in their tracks, and Shiv is just off the board at that point. Yeah, that. but speaking to that episode, because that I was going to come in with that take. I'm a little upset, but mm, it's... <laughs> that that is easily my favorite episode in the series so far because it gets right what so many shows that that involve wealth and opulence don't get right which is you don't always need the yachts or the private planes or whatever they are in a schmaltzy mansion but that dinner scene is more uh heart poundingly exciting than any like car race scene i've ever seen in a movie like it's electric you just because you it's want it good to writing. end like you yeah. can't you're just stuck there it, even like before it actually gets tense and awkward just the moments of like watching two minutes of uh, Kieran Culkin trying to fumble for a book tie. He's just like, yeah, it's a, about <laughs> a circus. Electric circus. <laughs> Electric circus. <laughs> Unbelievable. That, it's so good. Yeah. It's so good. It's perfect. It's comedic. It's dramatic. We have Kendall with, um, what? what's her name? The uh, Naomi Pierce. Yeah, with Naomi Pierce uh, going off and doing drugs. Almost flying a helicopter while they're just fucked up yeah, together. Yeah, and then ultimately... Uh, you know, trying to tell her that it's not an awful idea. He's still working for the company. Yeah. Even, even just coked out of his fucking mind. Um, again, He's still making moves. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, again, I just talked about this with El Camino, the lapdog, uh, you know, symbolism. But that is just all over. I mean, starting with the finale of season one, the number one boy stuff. Like, he is a patted on the head good boy at all times, even when he just shat. In the bed literally like a dog may <laughs> yeah at the never end. forget the bed shitting scene yeah one oh, of the greatest the, yeah, moments yeah, yeah. in it's the bed one yeah. of the greatest <laughs> moments in tv history that we actually saw a person who shit the bed <laughs> our protagonist of this television show yeah and jeremy strong like tom is my favorite character and actor on the show but jeremy strong might he has a chance at being the best actor on tv right now uh, he, he he's it's he's, almost like a show within a show yeah what he's doing he's going i mean this whole season he's just gone nothing but so small mm -hmm. like and his lines because obviously especially early on he's asked to only deliver these very corporately thought out lines that are not his actual thoughts uh speaking to that everything involving Walter when he shuts them down and he gets spat on oh man and he's like is that the best you got <laughs> he, yeah like, you can completely see his almost codependence with his role because he hates what he's become, but he needs a purpose. And to act under the umbrella of his dad allows him to be bad, but not feel as though he is being as bad as, you know, he actually is, basically. Also, you, you get the feeling that he he's almost like he doesn't have anything else to live for. It's just this company. It's just the will well, of his he father. Says that. He says to Shiv in that, in you know, very emotional scene, mm. uh, "Just be good to me when it's you, because yeah. I don't know what." There's for. nothing else. Yeah, I'm they not for anything else. He has a wife and kids, and yeah. we don't even <laughs> see them. We maybe see them once at the beginning of the season, and then that's it. Yeah, totally separated. Like, holy shit, this dude is just... Yeah, he becomes a drone. Vapid. And the emotion with which he delivers these lines that he's supposed to be delivering with no emotion is perfect. Like, he is... I mean, you could make the case that everyone's going pitch perfect, but especially him, because that role is tricky my, this season. My favorite scene, I think... Uh, there might be one that might pop up in my brain later, but the one when... when, when um, Roy, uh, Logan Roy, his father, makes him go into the house of the boy that oh, he Oh, God. Yeah, and the Dundee episode. Oof. And, but, he, but he doesn't invite him to meet the family. He just makes him sit in the Make, fucking Look kitchen. at the family photos and everything else. Yeah. It's, oh, man. They put the camera right up to, to Jeremy Strong. Or uh, is that his name? Kendall. Yeah, Jeremy Strong. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, that is... I keep I keep I, getting Jeremy Strong and Jesse Armstrong flips, so yeah. I keep having to um, check the name. But that whole scene, 
where he's just like sitting there. He looks so small. He looks so terrified. Like you genuinely feel sorry for this guy. And then in the next scene, you, you get reminded that he's yeah. a fucking but terrible yeah, human. Well, I mean, that's the best part about the show, though, is that he has human in him. That's why I think that my favorite dynamic, that it's I def, the Heat Check Award for this season. I know uh, Connor has a good case for it, too. But just when you think about Stewie, every time he he's is awesome. on the screen, he just owns it. He comes in there with, like, five one-liners off the bat and watching whenever you compare their dynamic season one when they're just like sitting there like doing rails together and just like fucking each of them are both like high strung everything else to now when he's like this broken version of himself and stewie is just roasting the shit out of him and is like fuck you you can't do shit like you stab me in the back stewie underrated character we got to talk about jerry and roman yes i was about to lead right into that loving it I I think it might be one of the most beautiful love stories on television. Yeah, it's like it's like genuine. It well, really is. Like we get that moment on the on the yacht in the final uh, in the last episode yeah. where he saves he tries to save Jerry. Yeah, well, like, hey, we need Jerry. I don't know why I thought that they wouldn't go that far, but the, you know when he's like texting and and calling Jerry a lot because he's in that shitty training. I was thinking it would be interesting because you know we have this theme of him being not able to fuck his wife so what if, you know they could go there but i don't think they will well, also, but of course they did and you know it's succession but of they course, don't they, they all don't have... go too far with it it's just enough no, they just have him, uh, yeah you just, all you want to see is to just fuck. him lightly beating his meat <laughs> in the bathroom while she berates him i'm so that's fast. not too the far. mommy <laughs> issues of this show are fucking on another level. and it really comes full in the dundee episode where jeremy strong finally tries to open up to his mom about the stuff that he's done she's just like oh wouldn't this be better over over oh, a, over a cup man. of coffee and you're just like oh Woof. everybody in the show is fucked yeah. like that's that's the whole of thing of course of it's course they are explains like explains so much shiv is probably like you know she's not having vanilla sex with all those guys she's fucking it's got to be deeply weird like because yeah. these people are messed up permanently they will never get better they have an illness um there's it's not a stereotype that like the rich ceos are the ones that go to those weird bdsm places and get the lady to like tie them up and like do like Kevin from the leftovers shit to them. Yeah. Like I want to see all of them fucking. Well, I want to, <laughs> I want to return to that point a second when we talk about the whole cruises fiasco. Uh, but I, let me just go back to Jerry real quick, quick, because this character is so interesting. Cause she is like outside of it all, but with like just a little bit of a foot inside to still be wrapped up in it all. You know, because, like, someone like her, she's, like, the the general counsel, right? Like, she's yeah. the lawyer for the company. She could easily just recuse herself from all the bullshit and not be wrapped up in all of the craziness. Yeah, but it's her only life that we see. Yeah. You, like you, when, Presumably, it's her only life. When the, the son of your boss starts coming on to you and making moves to be a weird, creepy sex fuck... You'd think that she'd like shut that down, but but she's, she's not fucking into it. it. She, well, she's not fucking nobody else, right? Yeah, her, her life. Anytime we see her like pick up the phone, she's just watching the news alone <laughs> with a glass of wine. It's all she has. I don't know if you guys felt the same way, but I kind of thought that this season, Jerry kind of became a little bit more of the audience surrogate than Greg. Yeah, where like oh, you Greg really is just, no longer us, man. Greg not is Greg is what I aspire to be. Um, but the second no. best scene is is um, Tom congratulating Greg on being a scumbag. <laughs> That's so awesome. Good. After he's he like, blackmails him, he's like, "You're a so fucking piece of, of shit." Greg's like, "No, stop." <laughs> it's no, good. I, I, when 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 Greg is trying to tell him, like, "Hey, man, I don't know if I can move up in the company, you know, because I have my moral <laughs> standards, and ATN is just not aligned with that." And Tom's like. Fuck you! Fuck off! You yeah, have so moral standards. You do not have moral standards. Another thing shit. that adds to that is that Nicholas Braun is like six foot six, so he towers over all of them while he's yeah. just like being this like little really feeble boy. The thing is, he—I would have to rewatch to confirm this—but he was the funniest part of Sky High. Greg? Yes, he's in Sky no High. Way. He looks the same. First of all, <laughs> he looks the goddamn same. But he is the best part of that movie. He's funny. He's the guy that's just like I glow. <laughs> <laughs> like this guy has chops and we just haven't really seen him around much and he he kills it and i love his arc this year where he's slowly becoming an absolute brat yeah. who's like 
you know the yacht's okay it's fine yeah or like it's not my favorite he's, rose he's, yeah he's drinking the rose he's like yeah i'm, I'm just saying he became like, a rose snob over the course of this season it's the, terrific. the whole thing so. with his uh grandpa too with james cromwell i thought was great because you get that little bit i found it so necessary to have that voice of the brother of logan roy saying that arguably this guy is worse than hitler with the amount of negative impact he is having on society and on the planet it's wild because you think about that compared to like a roger ailes or something like that and you're like oh yeah this person actually is like more of a negative stigma on society than yeah. a hitler when who you count up genocide yeah when you count up the actual uh ripple effect and the deaths of of a guy like this who is perpetuating uh, hate and financing yeah. uh, climate deniers and all this shit. Also, the the scene where he uh, Tom has to interview the white supremacist. Oh my oh, god! Awesome. That awesome. Is... <laughs> Again, we're we're flagellating so perfectly between comedy and drama, and of course the scene where Tom, uh, uh, you know, Greg unknowingly you know, refers to what he wants to do as an open relationship of business and Tom just goes nuts and he cries the most convincing cry you've ever seen and then he starts just pelting him with bottles, which <laughs> is funny, but I wasn't really laughing because it was so deeply uh, traumatizing. Like, yeah. it, was, it was very brutal. I did yeah. want to, I wanted to ask you guys about one character's arc that I'm, I'm a little bit mixed on and that's Holly Hunter's arc in this show, um, in this season. I love Holly Hunter. I think that she's an amazing actress. It was so great to see her in this. Yeah, we love yeah. Did you Girl. like where she ended it up? It kind of fizzled out a little bit, yeah. but part of me feels like that's the point. I think that well, I think that she's going to come back in some kind of a way. That's what I was going to say. I, I think, think that maybe I she'll, she'll maybe she'll come back, she'll go back to Pierce or yeah. whatever other like massive conglomerate will eat her up and try and use her I'm, as a I'm happy voice. that she wasn't that her character wasn't the big bad or the big climax. I, I'm glad that they pivoted back over to it. Just, it happened really quickly. Like she's named the successor in Dundee and then the next episode she's like, well, I'm out. But the show does a really good way at, at maneuvering the whole cruises chaos, you know, and we can get well, into that. We should that. talk about that because also succession tapping right into real life, whether yeah. they meant it or not, because as this, as like the whole cruises scandal is happening in succession, it was released that there was a Disney scandal on Disney cruise lines, very similar to of like sex rings and shit like that happening. Yeah, and our president's getting impeached and all this shit. <laughs> so it's like it's all fucking happening all the time. Uh, but one thing that uh, Lee brought up that I I wish she she were able to talk about it. It's so fascinating to think that Logan Roy himself is probably firsthand responsible for some of this uh, indecency oh, on duh. the cruises. Like, Mo Lester is his buddy. Yeah. Like, of course he's responsible. Like, Mo he Lester. not only yeah. <laughs> so not, not only did he sign off on the, the hush money and all this shit, but he was probably... Did it. Yeah, exactly. What, is he a good guy? <laughs> <laughs> no, he, he did plenty of shit. Like, he's committed atrocities. Uh, it is a matter because I'm not... You know, obviously, we're not going into season three assuming that Kendall will succeed at bringing down his father. He's already failed. <laughs> well, so to that point, though, this is another thing of talking about what happens off screen. Obviously, Kendall and Greg do form some kind of an alliance. And then you kind of have to wonder, when did they form this alliance? Did they form it whenever Kendall, like, bought him a beautiful, like, million-dollar apartment in downtown mm -hmm. uh, in downtown Manhattan? Did it happen while they were on the plane together? Because also, Greg just, like, grabbed 30 random papers and then had to burn most of them and just kept <laughs> yeah. a couple of them. How important are these papers, or is there other stuff that between the two of them that they have That's all the this other is, shit on them? I mean, they both have access to things. It's just a matter of can they effectively pull it off, because as we know all too well from real life, just having dirt on someone does not put them under. You if, have to get it to the people in a way that puts them under. If anything, if I had to, if I had to make the, the best guess, it would be that they probably linked up before Tom approached Greg to burn the papers yeah i feel like the most likely mm. thing is we'll, yeah that we'll see that 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 kendall and greg were already on the same page about that and that when tom grabs the papers that there's already been some record made of them yeah because greg hates tom yeah he hates him tom is awful 
like you it, get, it gets lost because he has this deeply human element and this like really really hard to watch insecurity regarding shiv and his marriage but he's awful he's like a terrible terrible person much like all of them are but the, the scene the the episode in uh what's it called Argestes, where uh tom and greg are figuring out what the hell they're gonna rebrand oh the whole God. atn thing <laughs> we are here we we hearing you what no, is it who, well who, it first starts out as like we're listening yeah and then yeah. It's, and, and, then it's and they're like hear- actually we're like wiretapping people so maybe yeah, we should like, say we're let's listening. make it we hear you and then like wait that's the same thing <laughs> we hearing you we hear for yeah you. we hear we hear for you <laughs> there's a lot of like really uh classic style comedy bits involving oh. Tom and Gr- much like season 1 of course but it's like so good like also when he's congratulating him on being a scumbag the thing where he's like laughing he's like where are those papers and Greg's <laughs> like I-, I won't tell and the- but they're like you know they're enjoying the moment but also not you yeah, know he's that's- like I don't want to break your legs yeah, that it made me think so much of in they came together when Paul was like really I want to fuck your mom you know it's the exact same no, bit really i <laughs> We would be remiss if we didn't talk about our boy Connor, the mm-hmm. real, oh the, the oldest son Con-heads. who should be the number one boy here. But he's just, but a, he's, he's a fail son. A, he's a classical he's a fail loser. son. He's the Conheads are gathering together <laughs> for a world where they refuse to play to pay taxes at all. <laughs> What's the thing that he says? Are you like double percolating? You're drinking? Oh, <laughs> yeah. double decanting. Double, double decanting. De- yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's. Everything with him and his girlfriend, who's this wannabe Broadway actress and is doing like apparently a horrendous play that well she's an ex-escort right yeah yeah imagine that play being good (laughs) (laughs) of course it's bad oh my god and then kendall's hooking up with the actress Mm. oh man Mm. that scene it's so awesome totally awesome yeah uh, yeah, you said awesome a lot (laughs) when he abandons her and he tells his driver like put her on the next flight back like that's what i meant earlier by us being reminded how much of a piece of shit this guy is yeah, you know all we almost get to that point where we're like rooting for him like we really want this guy to 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 to, to win and and to be the hero of the story and and then the show's like hold on a second no no no, no they're all bad he's a fucking and, piece you know, of shit I mean, that's like walt that leads they're, in they're all bad. i mean that's how that's why the last scene of the show of the season is so perfect because Kendall's a bad guy. They're all bad people, but none of them are killers. And whenever he finally yep. actually attacks his dad, Logan doesn't like storm off. He doesn't make a big fit. You see him like smirk a little bit, as if he like he's like, yeah, he's "This like, is still my number one boy." He's actually he's, well, he's a killer. Yeah, he's, he's like, willing, good, he's willing good to job, kill son. me. He likes the game of it. Well, it's, you're talking about like the, the final shot. Yeah, we yeah, see. yeah. It's like the most dangerous game. He's like, "Oh, making a move. This makes my life more interesting." To me, that was more than a smirk. That was a full on happy proud. dad. It was, he's actually well, proud yeah. of his. It was son. just. It was like a half smile where the other half wasn't moving. Possibly related to the heart attack. But yeah, like he likes it. He's like, oh, this is going to really ramp things up because it all is a game to him. I I have a lot of questions about that in particular is because, you know, earlier we were talking about like the possibility of Shiv and Kendall kind of playing their dad a little bit. uh, And we didn't even bring up the fact that uh, uh, Rhea and Logan played Shiv. Yeah. But you don't we don't know exactly like how many steps ahead everyone is from each other that's that's the whole you're watching a chess match yeah and and one thing that i kept racking my brain about is like logan roy he already knows what you said earlier about how he's gonna take down his own son but if he already knows then why would he set why would he prop him up just to take him down like there's there's to me, I think there's another shoe to drop with how much Logan is willing to give Kendall. Well, what do you what do you mean by prop him up? Well, uh, I I I feel like part of me thinks that by telling Logan or by tell by Logan telling um, Kendall to take the fall, it's because he is 
setting him up to be the killer that he wants him to be mm. like almost like it's like it's like a you think son w- can you do this can you do this like can you can you hit the tennis ball back to my side of the court i don't know deal? i don't know if he that was his plan but i think he was delighted with the fact that it happened if that makes sense like he was like listen either way either kendall's going down and my name is cleared or my, you know, he's spicing things up and I can be proud of my boy. I, I feel well, like I, they, the writers, they have options here. And they the writing has been so strong. And one of the best things about this show is that not it can surprise you while always sticking to the plan that has been laid out. Yeah, and I'll, I'll tell you one thing, uh, speaking to that point. I think the best line in the season came from Naomi, actually, when she's leaving the yacht. And he's like, listen, uh, uh, let me do my Jeremy's. <laughs> Um, you know, it's it's just that this is objectively a crisis, and um, you know, it's he he loves me. You know, he it's he just loves me, and she's like, Ken, he loves the broken you. Oh, that's the man. best line for me. Mm. Like, that's what the whole season was about at the core of it. Is yeah. he only likes anybody when yeah. he breaks them? He doesn't like anyone who's not broken. Yeah. As soon as Shiv starts being like the hey look at me i'm gonna be amazing yeah and same with his wife knocks her down yeah i mean yeah we didn't even talk about it was really sidelined for most of the season she's definitely i feel like they set her up because she's not even on the yacht or anything so she probably has a whole list of other beefs that could go against logan they could use her (laughs) i'm curious of what's going to happen here if they are going to form some kind of alliance where Maybe even the kids are going to get divided. Shiv will join with Jeremy Strong, and we'll have Roman kind of try and take his dad's side. Like in season one, I don't see, yeah, I don't see Roman no, leaving. In the vote of no confidence, he couldn't vote against his dad. At yeah, the not with he his was dad the in deciding the vote, mm-hmm. and he could have just we could have just ended it all right there and had Kendall that, be the king. That reminds but. me, I love the scene when Logan asks Kendall, or uh, sorry, um, uh, Kieran Roman. To go to Turkey when he kind of like takes him away from all the 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 chaos and he's like, hey, man, can you take us private? Can you go talk to this guy that I love that scene? There's so much happening there. There's so much uh, 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 repressed abuse and uh, a little bit of guilt and fear and and uh, tragedy like all stewed in there like. The writing and the performances are just top notch in that scene where you get the sense that that this that Logan as a father is like terrifyingly yeah, he's, abusive. It's, it's an abuser abusive relationship is this entire show. This family is yeah. what you're seeing on display. One other thing that I wanted to say um, that really goes into the script writing of this all We don't often talk about world building in a show like this, but this is the most realized world where I feel like there's a whole nother season of the show that takes place in between the episodes. Like we just happen to see 10 moments over the course of like 12 to 18 months and we could pick another 10 moments out mm-hmm. of this show with these characters and You're we right. still get the same themes. Well, yeah, and that's that... something that you don't ever get. You feel like, oh, here's a key moment. Here's a key moment. Here's plot. Here's plot. Where I feel like this is a show because it has such a well-realized world, you could pick any series of moments yeah. and you would get the same kind of feelings from it. That notion also does uh, aid Chris Ryan's theory that there's more going on that we didn't see because there is, like you said, this, this is fleshed out and we're not, we're not, this isn't the type of show where you just think, yeah, everyone's staring at a wall and then the episode happens and they go back and stare at the wall. Like there's shit going on. I'm starting to buy more into it. The more we think, well, about I it. don't, I don't think it's as much that there's this master plan in the writer's room, but they just are so smart and so organized that they yeah. have a lot of options to play with and everything that they do, it won't come out of nowhere. Yeah. And it'll also- be set up. Like, for example, something like the money that Kendall drops off at the house. That's coming back. That's, that's going to be a thing. Back. That's, yeah, just that was little something. Thing. Just drops off like 10 grand yeah. at least at this house. Yeah. Um, of course it's going to come back. And also, it's the reason that I'm starting to buy into this is because it does not require every episode to change. This plan that we're talking about was enacted like three episodes before the finale, right. if it's true. That doesn't even require like you know, Arrested Development, like, three season later callback type shit. Like, this is just something that may have just happened that we missed. Um, either way, though, I it the ending plays the same. Whether or not you think that he had it all planned out or didn't, he does such a good job of balancing that. Like, that's another thing that helps this theory because uh, 
I was fully under the impression that Kendall was okay with taking the fall for cruises because he is racked with this inconsolable amount of guilt. And this to him feels like paying the price. Exactly. I was fully on board with that idea. But if you rewatched it now and him saying to his dad, like, I, I just, uh, I, you know, I just want to ask, you can tell me, uh, you know, could I have been the one like that's him being like, cause you're, you're about to see that I'm the one bitch. You yeah. Know? Like it, it entirely plays different. But the fact that he's okay with it. If Chris Ryan's right, then it's just a way to have Shiv come in right after Logan takes him down. You know, it's just, he just becomes this, this, uh, bullseye for his own father to like unleash his wrath he goes down they both go down and then shiv comes in and she's the the new leader i'm so curious of where this show goes from here if we pick up because they have a board meeting like we're left to assume like a week or two after this happens are we going to jump in like seconds after the end of season two are we going to jump ahead a bit in the story like we did with season one of season two i don't I don't know what I'd rather. I feel like I'd rather see something much more in the future. Mm, interesting. It would be. It would be a more of a reset. God no! I. I there's too much that is going to happen immediately after this that I want to see. Yeah. Like so, a season's worth of shit is going to happen the day after this right. goes down. You know, like I. I want to see like a lot of this show in general. <laughs> I want to see everything that happens. It's so it's, good. It's too good, man. Like. It, they're do nailing we, it. Do we think that so so looking at the two seasons compared to each other, I feel like this season they they managed to kind of balance the the ensemble a little bit more. Yeah, definitely. Um, do you guys think that that's gonna stay the case? Do you think that there's a certain character that could be kind of highlighted a little bit more well i mean definitely. I th- any con heads out there <laughs> yeah. no fuck connor <laughs> no i i think that they do i think that they do leave it open that we are going to see a lot more i mean especially with somebody like roman who roman season one was just the zingers guy like he was you never took roman yeah. seriously he was a guy who couldn't, couldn't fuck but <laughs> he was in season two especially towards the back half we have logan confiding in him and trusting him to do the heavy lifting and then we have Roman being flat out honest with his yeah, dad that in that one moment, moment where everybody else him. is just kissing ass. They're like, nope, you got it. You're going private. And the guy's just like, look, I know this fucking dude. He, yeah. We can't trust him. Like, it's not going to go through. And that was a big trust building moment between the two of them, delivering news that his dad did not want to hear to him. Mm-hmm. So we're set up with we're going to get more of the serious side of Roman. Uh, we're definitely going to see what Shiv's got going on. I mean, God, when you think about Shiv's arc, how she was like working for basically like Bernie Sanders of this world, mm-hmm. and then she, in Evis. the second to last episode, was bribing uh, 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 somebody who was assaulted into not uh, coming yeah. forward oh with everything. Oh my God, that whole scene. That is yeah. rough. That Oof. is a rough turn for yeah. Shiv. She wants to have morals, but she doesn't. Yeah. She, she wants to be a good person, but, but she cannot because she has cancer, basically. Before we, we start to wind down, I, I want to talk a little bit more about Tom and Shiv's relationship. It's great. Because that, that really got explored in really interesting ways this season because you have Tom being this like ultra beta cuck. Really, and, really lame guy. <laughs> and he has a moment where he's like, actually about to get with this really hot lady mm-hmm. and, and it's like, like making no, moves yeah and she comes in and she's like and she's like no not no her. it's because i know her and he's like well you know of her <laughs> you don't actually <laughs> you don't even know her and and that just sets she's up smoking but then it leads to that whole other thing that happens in the last episode where finally like shiv is just like yeah we're gonna have sex with this hot person but everything that she wants has to be on her terms right you yeah. can have sex with who i say you yeah. can have and then sex he's but like, also hey he's... maybe she watches or maybe i watch or maybe she's like in the bathroom she's watching. like locked in the bathroom and then we just have sex <laughs> he just wants to fuck his wife yeah this it's poor guy it's so sad like <laughs> he just wants his wife to want that him. moment between shiv and tom on the beach is genuinely oh, full yeah. of emotion that's it's one of the breaking because shows like this often like not not talking shit about it but they can get wrapped up in the big picture stuff then get wrapped up in everyone being a total heartless headhunter which those episodes are great too but you need moments of pure emotional honesty and that that's what that whole scene was him saying 
uh, I what did he say? Sometimes I think that the sad I am with you yeah. is worse than the sad I would be without Oof. you. It's a that's real like, moment of depression. Yeah, that and that's you also don't often see on this that show. line could be put in any like tragic romance movie or book or story ever, and it would be the best line in that. You know, like that is just a perfect line about love and loss. Like it's it's beautiful. But also the the whole theme of this being a sickness of being trapped that he genuinely feels like he can't. He can't leave. Yeah, he He's wants stuck. Yeah, he wants this world. Even though he grew up plenty rich himself, he didn't grow up Roy rich. Yeah. He's not a billionaire. And he's he's in this universe that he has, however small, he thinks he has a chance at being the guy. I think the, the other big thing with this specifically is that we're, we're touching on so many character moments and plot moments. That's exactly and right. with such a big cast and such a thick, plot of like company machinations and scandals and and votes and shit it's like it's perfectly balanced mm -hmm. because i honestly feel like i'm not a hundred percent uh locked into all of the the minutiae of how these people are running this company but i don't need to be to care about what is happening and to be engaged in the show yeah and the show gives us enough character moments to be invested in that so you could i i feel like there are people that could watch the show and be super into all of the business shit and be really like picking away at that or you could be someone like me who's just super into the character stuff and just kind of take or leave the, yeah. well, the also, I mean, to all that, the other shit. To that point, I also think that this show works on multiple levels where you can be like us and you can have long, deep discussions about each episode and things that are happening. I also think that you can just watch the show passively and have a great time with yeah, it. Just being like, oh, just put on another episode of it, Succession. It's a fun yeah. show. I, I well, like being around these And admire the performances. Yeah, and like, you, you don't yeah. have, yeah, you can get so much out of the show, whether you're analyzing it to figure out what happened in yeah. between the episodes. Or you're just watching it as a passive viewer. I think yeah. that this show works on so many it's, different levels. And we, we haven't even mentioned how gorgeous it is. Like, it's, and also how the style of shooting, which, you know, if you, there were a lot of articles coming out in season one that Adam McKay had a ton to do with the way they decided to shoot it, uh, grounds what is a very heightened show. Yeah. It keeps it documentary style even when the show is very much not entirely realistic. And we have scenes where the dialogue is not heightened, like those emotional beats that we're talking about. Yeah. And that is what keeps such an insane show on the level that we are invested as if it could possibly be real. You know, like it's so... It shoots opulence. Also, I wonder if this was a McKay thing. He was like, listen, all the B-roll has to have poor people doing all the work. <laughs> you know? Yeah. All the establishing shots, all the B-roll. So many great shots of the yacht looking like it's, like, crashing into a rowboat. Yeah. But it's really just going past it. But the theme is certainly there. Right. You know? And so many shots of, like, servers, you know, the, the catering people just doing all... They're the ones that are sweating yeah. while all this shit goes he down. my fucking chicken. <laughs> <laughs> the best moments. That's, that was terrific. I, I am really curious about how long the show is going to go on. It technically hasn't gotten renewed for a season three, but I'm going to break the news now that the show is coming back for a season three. Oh, yeah. Um, but I'm curious because I don't remember if it was an article I was reading or what it was, but there there's nobody knows how long Jesse Armstrong plans on keeping this going, and there is a scenario where season three is the last season. We're actually watching a three-act play. And this does kind of feel like how we end on season two does kind of feel like the end of a second act. Mm, and granted, interesting. this could go on for like nine seasons and be it could be the next Mad Men. But I could also see it like wrapping up in yeah. it because I feel like Jesse Armstrong has this all mapped out. I think he I, leaves his options open as far as writing the details of it. But I think that he knows the arc of it all. I think it's in HBO's best interest to keep this going because Game of Thrones and Veep just ended and now they have. Watchmen and his dark materials coming and there's really like there's no other show like succession that kind of fills this specific niche yeah it's also better than shows that are in its ballpark because you know a natural comparison might be house of cards which was great in the early season this is so much but better. it's infinitely better yeah. for i mean for a litany of reasons but the main thing that sticks no out rapists to me that we know of <laughs> 
the the thing i mean don't be surprised if literally anybody <laughs> is, becomes a uh, anyway um <laughs> not characters i mean the actors themselves yeah i know i know i know but even them you never know anymore but the the thing that sticks out to me about this show is that no one is no one of note is being actively murdered like it's this isn't a life or death show except for like poor people like we're talking about like the the servant class are the people who are suffering at the hands of these people whether it be the literal server in season one in the when uh, mm. Kendall kills him yeah. or all these, you know, dancers who died on the cruise line. No real person um, involved. But it's not mm. like we're, none of us are expecting Kendall to push Logan in front of a train, though, because that's crazy. That right. doesn't happen. What happens is even though this is heightened and it was a little, you know, a, a tad bit absurd I, for a moment, I was like, are they really going to do the press conference thing where he says exactly what he shouldn't? Because that is <laughs> that idea is done. But they right. did do it in a way. What made me laugh is they literally it was almost like a wink where they were turning it on his head because he had notes that he prepared uh, to say what he said. He didn't prepare anything that was f like for the right press conference, the press conference he was supposed to have. And then afterward, he rips them up instead of beforehand. Yeah, <laughs> because those were the notes he actually said. I mean, we even get the moment where he's just like, I was told to come out here and say that uh, I was going to do this. But yeah, like exactly. you get the but moment yeah, that but happens. Even then, though, we have all this heightened drama and absurd shit. But we know that it's not like Shiv is going to shoot Roman when she gets angry at him <laughs> in one episode. Like, that's not a level this show is on. Which I don't know. Is... Hunting got pretty close during Bore on the Floor. I was like, somebody might die here. Oh, right Man, that was that was awesome. You can you can appreciate the show on every single level. At, at one minute it's the direction, another minute it's the music, Nicholas Patel. Yeah. Another Oof. minute it's the performances and then the writing and yeah. oh my god. I don't think any show, not even the leftovers, got so much juice out of a refrain based on just the main theme. Mm -hmm. I was like gonna, you can play that in any scene and it works. I was gonna say that I, I was doing some I was actually like thinking for a while about this probably more time than I should have. And I've figured out, I think that the theme for succession is my second favorite theme in any show in history. Behind Twin Peaks. Oh, behind Twin Peaks. Mm. Twin Peaks is just like the most iconic thing ever. Are we, but, are we sure that there's not going to be a red room that opens up in the, the Royco mansion? One thing, okay, here's something. <laughs> yeah, let's go. Let's get David Lynch to direct season three. <laughs> well, let's go. One thing that a thought that I had is because, you know, we're at the point where, where I at least am very much comparing this show to shows like The Sopranos, like the top, top, top tier of TV. Uh, the best part about The Sopranos were the dream sequences. I want to see Kendall's goddamn dreams. This man is going through shit. I want to see that, like, let's get Lynchian. I want to see what he's dreaming about. Like, but I do wonder if that kind of goes against the actual the direction that the show has established, where it is, like you said, it does have this documentary yeah, style. Grounded. That, well, that's it. the thing. But The Sopranos found a way to do it that was, oh, that is very much like the type of dream that a guy with not a, a good imagination would have. You know, like a guy who is a businessman. Even though they're very vast and like sprawling, Ooh, what if they did like a flashback episode where we see like their childhood? That'd be good, and that could be their way to kind of do that. That's the thing is, this world at this point is infinitely explorable. Like, you're, I think you're right that there is a path for them to have three seasons. We know for a fact that HBO is going to fight against that. <laughs> they're going to say, "Please don't do this to yeah. us. We need you." Uh, but it does make sense though what like what you're talking about because we could end up with like an end of breaking bad type deal where it's just a season of Kendall versus the clock, basically just Kendall on his heels trying to make this last, you know, defeating his father. This, um, what did the lady call him? You must, Oh, you must be uh kid Oedipus or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. The, like him actually killing. Him. Does the show this... work without Kendall? No. Well, no. I, well, no, he can't. I think it works more so without Logan than it does without Kendall. Kendall, Especially, like, yeah. so say if they do go on for five, six, whatever seasons, I could still see Logan being kicked out of the picture next season. Uh, yeah. We could get that. Like, we could have, like, the removal of Brian Cox. I will just say, this is something that, like, I don't say lightly, but I think that this does have, like, Mount Rushmore-type 
potential to the show. Granted, we're only two seasons in, yeah. so I can't get like ahead of myself and say this right. is on track to be my favorite show ever, but I think it has the potential to be up in that top tier of yeah, TV. Yeah, because it's not too early to say that this was one of the best seasons of TV I've ever seen. And I had things that I was like on record not super thrilled about with season one, and they fixed all of it for mm -hmm. me. Like every, every problem I had was solved. The, the tone was like put into concrete you know they figured it out they got it down to a goddamn science how to how to waver between every single different tone that they and have. it's unlike any other show yeah because it's so unique yeah specific it'll go from heightened and overwritten with like a lot of the comedy where it's like insanely scripted shit to then it sounds improvised in some scenes but it's scenes that are dramatic so you know they're not improvising and then also during some of the comedic scenes they actively are improvising mm -hmm. it's they do everything in this show everything is done like perfectly and like i said at the beginning they make it look fucking easy yeah yeah it's insane it's awesome and like like i said i love that this season explores a million different locales they're traveling in almost every episode that's the greatest the long con of all time for six uh, jesse armstrong is just like yeah, you know, we really had like uh, a we really had a Mediterranean Sea kind of a vibe on a giant yacht yeah. for this episode. And listen for the for the tone what a flex. Look, like we, we can't do this on a green screen. Like we gotta go to yeah, Amsterdam. We can't shoot it in Malibu. That doesn't look quite right. Right. Like we gotta go there. God, they they actually put Roman in like revolutionary era <laughs> Turkey. They like just dropped him into Turkey, and they're like, "Hey, by the way, we're pulling U.S. troops out of here. So like, be careful." Yeah, the Kurds are. <laughs> No one's happy over there. <laughs> God, I hope that that security guy's okay. I hope that Dave, the security oh, man's okay. Man. Never saw we... Dave. Dave's definitely dead. <laughs> he is shit. so dead. Holy shit. I do, I will say, I'd like to see more Jerry next season. I, I really love Jerry. Yeah. I love her character and I love the actress. I want to see... What if her and Roman go public with their relationship? Oh go my God. What if they go Facebook official? His proposal... Possibly the worst proposal ever, but it like fits their relationship. So what if though? I just man, just him having sex is the greatest thing ever. Can you just like be a dead person? Can you just like not breathe? <laughs> dead people don't breathe. I want to see him. Feel <laughs> like Jerry. so? You want me to? You want to fuck a dead body? <laughs> I. <laughs> I'm so I Jay Smith Cameron who plays Jerry is just she she's is awesome. a goddess. Yeah. She's I so, love her. So she's much. so stone faced. For all of season one, she was stone faced. We didn't we didn't know about her depth, and we didn't even get a ton of it this year. That's why I want to see more of but, her. But it, these little snippets, You're so like, juicy. Yeah, and the fact that she's just immediately into him, like jacking off, mm -hmm. like she's she. Like, she mm. It only took a second. Like she is. <laughs> she's did not up take too. a lot of arm twisting. Yeah, there, everybody's yeah. fucked up here. I mean, the initial scene that is, like, mildly sexual between them when he, like, needs her to button his buttons. And, like, her... She's wearing, like, a... For Jerry, the most revealing thing we've seen her wear, which is, like, fully covered still. But mm -hmm. she's, like... He's, like, you know, if I could if I could walk straight, I'd jump you right now. And you're, like, oh, Roman. But then you're, like, wait a minute. There's chemistry. Is yeah, that before they, they're on the phone? Yeah, that is, yeah it's, it's before it's they're on well the phone. That. And he, there is, like... It caught me by surprise whenever it happened because it happens after the night whenever he couldn't have sex with his girlfriend, yeah. so he just gets shit faced. And you're like, oh, they have more romantic chemistry than him and his lady. Do yeah, you? and his... well, that's what I'm saying is I could I could see that avenue, and I was like, well, that would be wild. <laughs> and then they <laughs> did it, and it works. Let's see it, season Dude, three. I, I I cannot because I watched like all, more than half of the season today, Hell and yeah. I was just blown away. Like I. The first few episodes had me into it, obviously, bore on the floor, big fan. But one, I'm not going to call it a pitfall because it's it's actually a strength of the show. But one thing that the show could lean on too much is Logan just being pure evil all the time. And he could really just take up all the space of every episode. And they could choose not to have much of an ensemble and just have Logan bowl over everyone that tries to get in his way. So to give people like Jerry and Roman an arc... A romantic arc. <laughs> yeah. That's the strength of the show. Is it doesn't lean too hard on any of its strengths. Its biggest weakness is it has no weaknesses, as I say in every job interview. All right. Well, I think we can wrap it up there. Thanks for listening to another great episode of We Bought a Mic. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and uh, give us a nice little review rating mm -hmm. wherever you listen to your podcast. Recommend it to your friends. Let us know what you thought of Succession Season 2. Listen to our catch-up, and next week is a biggie. We're talking the new film from Mr. Bong Joon-ho, Parasite. Mm -hmm. And White House? 
The Lighthouse, yes. I I my priority is Parasite. Well, I I, I already have tickets for both. So, so okay, A twenty four is pushing the Lighthouse. Well, yeah. Have you yeah. Guys, yeah have you guys noticed every targeted ad I get on Instagram is for the Lighthouse, and I have never gotten a b- targeted ads for a movie like this. Like they have their own emoji pack and shit, and you're like, what? <laughs> what are they doing? I think Willem Dafoe is a sexy motherfucker. There has been a lot of little Twitter threads about the romantic chemistry between Willem well, Dafoe and Robert Pattinson, you, and yes. I am here for it. Have you heard about the fact that his dick is apparently too big? <laughs> have you heard about <laughs> no this? Because he, he, he had a nude scene, and God, I wish I remembered what movie. But he had a nude scene, and the director ended up saying, "Yeah, we had to use a body double because his penis was too big. Oh. Like it was like to look at it, you'd be like, wait, it was, what? Like it, it was, would take you out of the movie.' <laughs> you would think that that was fake. It was yeah, probably his... the uh, the Lars von Trier. It was, yeah. Von yeah. Trier came out, and he was like, "Yeah, his dick was insane. <laughs> Hell yes. So that's why we're we're ha- in this wave right now. That's why he has big daddy energy. Yeah, he has a... big dick energy. Yeah, Pattinson." Big butthole energy. Yeah. They, really? they go together perfectly. Oh, yeah. wow. Okay. Well, on that note, that's what you gotta. Uh, you <laughs> have to look forward to next week. Um, thanks for listening. We love you. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.